Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host. Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about You Are Victorious. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles as always and take some copious notes. Got a really good show for you today. As always, we want to start our show out with a quote, and it reads like this, I can't fellowship with average. Let's look here at the scripture in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. This is a familiar passage of scripture and one I think will set the tone for our show today. Notice 1 John chapter 4, or should I say 1 John chapter 5. We're going to look at verse number 4 and it reads like this. For whatever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith. This is so profound. I'm going to read it to you again. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. This is so true. Many Christians truly don't understand the profound impact of what Christ did for us And I guess because we were not there and all we have is the word of the Lord as we read it in our Bible, sometimes it don't make the connection that it should. But the mere fact that Jesus not only died, but he rose again, it gave us the victory that we most certainly couldn't give ourselves. And I always tell people this, especially those that are not saved, that whatever you can't do or whatever is going on in your life, And people say, I can't change. This is what this whole concept is about being born again. Whatever it is, you can be born again. You can be born anew. You can be born above or born from above or born with the power of God inside of you once you give your life to Christ. And this is the power that overcomes the world. Even our faith, when we look at this world overcomes, it means to succeed, overpower or overwhelmed. So my salvation is just not some cheap trinket, some fantasy, something that's been conjured up in the minds of other believers. No, this is something powerful. You and I have overcoming power. I want to tell you, you got something that the sinner don't have. You got something that the billionaire don't have. And I know that don't make sense because we look at our lives and we see all the things that we don't have and all the desires that seem to be unmet and unfulfilled. But I want to tell you today, you are victorious if you're a believer only because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And he put you in the winning class when you gave your life to him. We have overcoming power. So whatever it is that's trying to keep us down, whatever it is that would try to discourage you, whatever it is that would try to drain the life out of you, it simply cannot only if you let it. 
And there are a lot of defeated Christians today. It really bothers me because you and I ought to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. You and I ought to have confidence. You and I should not be struggling with identity. You and I should not be trying to figure out where we fit and do we matter. You and I should never be in a place where we don't have any peace of mind, where we have no direction. But when I look in the body of Christ and when I look at most believers, they don't excite me. It seems like they have no testimony. It seems like they have no hope. Uh, It seems like they have no place in life. They, They don't know what their purpose is. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing. This is counterintuitive to what the scripture says. Again, it says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, whatever it is that when you are born again, I want you to see it this way. Imagine you in a situation before you give your life to Christ and nothing is happening for you. Every door is closed for you. It seems like you cannot get ahead. You are constantly stuck. When you give your life to Christ and he fills you with his power and the Holy Spirit drops his life inside of you, do you truly understand that nothing is the same? I mean, you don't want to even go back to the life you had before. I'm not saying to you, you're going to just follow the Lord and get rich. That's not what I'm saying. Because being born again is something that happens in the spirit. You know, it used to say, when you give your life to Christ, I looked at my hands and they looked new. I looked at my feet and they did too. But that's not actually the case because whatever size shoe you wore before salvation is the same size you're going to wear after. But the reality is that power, that strength, that overcome coming belief in God just becomes more real to you every day because he causes your spirit man to be just like God, to be just like Christ. Your spirit man don't have to be improved upon. You already have it. You just don't know it in your mind. This is why we have to have our mind renewed to what's going on in the realm of the spirit. And again, There are so many believers that are dysfunctional, so many Christians that are defeated. And here's just my opinion on on it all. Why I think they are is because they don't practice what they preach. Many times we don't practice the very things we are preaching to other people. This is what I want you to understand, that because you and I are born again, especially if you gave your life to Christ, you're going to have to make a decision right here and right now. Are you going to practice what you preach, or are you just going to be out here like a talking head? There's so many talking heads out here, but they have no experiential power with God. They have no experiential deliverance. They have no experiential breakthrough. God just doesn't want you reading the scriptures about him. He wants you to experience this overcoming power. I want to give you quickly five things, and I pray that these five things that I give you is really going to help you to understand and see and know that you are victorious. And once you really see this, but more importantly, once you understand this and start practicing this, trust me, you are going to experience it. Point number one, this principle of connection. I want you to write this down because this is powerful as well. Whatever you connect to, you will become. I want you to write that down. Whatever you connect to, you will become. Good and bad. I don't think we truly understand this. Sometimes as Christians, we think we can still stay connected to something bad and still try to serve the Lord. That is just not true. 
You cannot do it. We have to change in order for you to prove out and walk out what the word of God really says about your life. You're going to have to make a decision today if you are going to connect with Christ and see his power made available to you. We must choose to be connected to God. He's not going to make us connect to him. And there's another fallacy as well. Sometimes we feel like God's just going to put a hook in our nose and make us live right. That's just not true. Because I've heard believers say, I heard Christians say this. They say, I just can't live for God. It's difficult. It's hard. I don't know how to do it. That's because you haven't made a decision. But it's not difficult for you to do wrong. You know why? Because we choose to do wrong. We want to do wrong. There's wrong in us. And so again, Our spirit man is born again, it's revived, it's renewed, but our mind, our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, they have to get the memo from what's going on in our spirit that things have changed. So you've got to get to the place where you are willing to make a choice today and say, you know what? I choose this principle of connection because if I connect to Christ, I'm going to become like Christ. If I connect to the enemy, I'm going to become like him. If I connect to other people that have the spirit of Christ in them, they're going to push me and motivate me to be just like God. And so the reality is, is that you have good and bad right before you every day. You have to make a decision. Everything in life is about making a decision and is no different with your realities in Christ. If you are saved prayerfully, You made a decision. You made a decision that the life you were living, you said, no, there's something better. You heard the preach word. You heard a testimony from somebody and you gave your life to Christ. And may I say this to you, you have to continue in this thing. This is why I said earlier in the show, you got to practice what you preach. You just can't just preach love and don't practice it. You can't just preach forgiveness and don't practice it. But there's so many people that are preaching things, but they are not practicing. Many would rather be connected to worldly organizations but they have no power. They want to be connected to sororities. They want to be connected to fraternities. They want to be connected to other interest groups. But can I tell you, those interest groups didn't die for you, but I know somebody that did, Jesus Christ. And you know he did. And if you've given your life to him, but you say, I'm not seeing this change happen in my life, I want you to go back and say, am I saying I'm a Christian, but I'm practicing a lifestyle that is not of somebody who's a follower of Christ. And that's obvious, but you'd be surprised how many people have been duped by the enemy and he's very subtle and he's very crafty. He's never going to show you the end of what it is that you're doing. He's just going to hook you and drag you all around town. And before you know it, you have no future. You have no hope. You have no desire. You have nothing. But I want to tell you something today. This principle of connection is so real. Once I connected my life to Christ, I can truly say this to you, that my life has never been the same. I knew what it was before. But I'm telling you, my life continues to go up. That doesn't mean I don't have any challenges. That doesn't mean the enemy has not tried to attack my body. That does not mean the enemy has not tried to attack my mind. But this scripture is true. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory. I have to constantly remind myself I am 
victorious, not because of the car I drive, not because of the money I have, not because I'm married, not because I have kids, uh, not because I've been to college. No, that's just something we do. But being connected to Christ is who we are. And we have to remind ourselves of that. Point number two, the principle of identity. This is something that is so key as well, because once you give your life to Christ, this is who you're supposed to identify with. See, that old man, that's what he is. That new man is what I'm becoming. And what Christ has placed inside of me gives me the desire to want to become that new man. That old guy, he can't help me. That old guy is death. He's destruction. He's decay. He only has a life expectancy of some years and then he going to go away. But my spirit man lives on forever. We must know who Jesus is on a personal level. That's what I want to ask you today. Do you know who Jesus is on a personal level? Not talking about what your grandmother told you, your grandfather told you, your parents told you, the preacher down at the church told you. I want to know, do you know Jesus? Do you have a personal relationship with him? Have you had a crash course collision with Jesus on a personal level where you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that that is who you identify with? There are so many people. We used to say growing up, we were going through an identity crisis because we were young. We were teenagers. We didn't know where we fit in. We didn't know if we needed to be with this group or that group. And so we did certain things because we wanted to be connected to certain people because we thought being connected to them was going to help us be popular or known or whatever. But can I tell you something? Grown folks deal with identity crisis. They don't know where they fit. They don't know what they should do. They want to be connected to this group because at this particular age, I need to have this on my resume. I need to have done this in my life. And here we are having given our life to Christ and we still struggling and halted between two opinions. That should never be. In every situation, you must know God is for you. The Greek word for know is gnosko. That means to know him on a personal, intimate level. I want you to know, I'm saying it to you, but I want you to experience this. You got to know that in every situation, God is for you. I don't care where you are in life. I don't care what's going on in your life right at this present point. You've got to know that God is for you. And when you know that Christ is for you, you come in contact with the resurrected Christ. See, Christ had power in the earth realm as he walked the planet and as he uh, dealt with his disciples and as he healed the sick and raised the dead. But that resurrected Christ, oh my goodness, he had all power. So the reality is what he had after he got up from the grave. Oh, man, he's getting ready. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He made it available for you and I to come into close proximity with him. And he live in us so that whatever we go through, we know Christ is for us. He loves us unconditionally. And the same power, the scripture says, that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you. This is why I'm telling you, man, this is not some cheap salvation. Somebody paid a price for you. And that's Jesus Christ, the son of God. We have to remember this principle of identity. Point number three, the principle of obedience. 
It's often said in the scripture, obedience is better than sacrifice. Many times we feel like I keep sacrificing. I'm giving up so much for the cause of Christ. I've laid down this. I've laid down that as if we are doing the Lord a favor. But may I say this to you? The Christian life, sure, there's some sacrifices you got to make. But what it is, is obedience. See, if I obey God and do what he tells me to do, there's no casualties. There's things that I don't have to experience. There's things that I won't have to go through. Many of us are going through things as a believer, as a Christian, and we're calling it the will of God, but that's simply not the case. It's just like growing up in your mother and father's house. They tell you not to touch the stove, but you don't. You disobey, you touch it anyway. So you experience something because you disobeyed your parents. If you had just done what they told you to do, you wouldn't have gotten burnt or you wouldn't have gotten wet or you wouldn't have gotten trouble. Whatever the case may be, it makes me no difference. But the reality is, saints, is that when we refuse to obey Christ, we are going to suffer loss. We are going to suffer pain. We are going to suffer casualty. There are some things in our life that the Lord never wanted us to experience, even as Christians. So we got to look and see, do we have this principle of obedience inside of us? We must not compromise in any effort to apply biblical standards in our life every day. Don't compromise with the world. The world cares nothing about you. All these entertainers and all of these celebrities that still people look to and say they want to be them, they've got nothing to give you. They could care less about you. And you may say, oh, no, that's not true. They do care about me. They do love me. Oh, man, if you believe that, I got some swamp land to sell you on my roof. Come on, we got to wise up. We got to wake up. We got everything we need in Christ. So the world, in my opinion, they laugh at us. Because watch this. This is true. And I've seen this happen. They laugh at us because they use our Bible. They win while we trying to believe our Bible. Did you hear that? I'm going to say it to you again. They laugh at us. They will use our Bible, the scriptures. They'll use it and start winning while we have the same Bible and we won't use it and don't understand why we're losing. Because I have seen people who understand biblical principles. They don't believe in God, but they believe in a principle. See, principles work all the time, whether you're saved or unsaved. So why would the world want to use our stuff, but they don't want to identify with our Christ? I don't want to get into it, but a lot of people just want what they want. And see, the word of God is so powerful that anybody that gets involved in it, things will begin to work for them. But may I say this to you? In the end, see, you know, there were people in the Bible day who prophesied and who prayed for people and they got well. But you know what? You know what Jesus said? He said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. They were working in the power of God. They were doing things phenomenal. But in the end, Christ said, Y'all was working iniquity. I never knew you, meaning I really never sanctioned you because you were not obedient to me. You didn't do what I asked you to do. There were so many people in the days of Christ who wanted his power, who would do anything to get his power. Let's look at Judas. Judas was a part of the disciple group and Jesus gave him power. But in the end, what happened to him? He suffered. 
We don't want to go that way. So this principle of obedience is here to help us understand that if we just do what the Lord tells us to do, we are going to see success happen in our lives. Look at what Luke chapter six, verse 46 says. It says, I love this verse. It says, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Isn't that something? How people know how to call on the Lord, but they don't do nothing he tells them to do. And the Lord just said, why are y'all calling me Lord? Why are you calling me God? Why are you calling me Savior? Why are you calling me Redeemer? But you don't do anything I say. So this ought to help us to understand being a Christian is not what we say, it's what we are doing. So obedience says, Lord, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it, period. Did you get that? That's what this thing about being a believer is. Lord, whatever you tell me to do, I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to fuss. I'm not going to be combative because you know we can do that. I'm going to simply say, Lord, yes, sir. And when we say, Lord, yes, sir, that's coming from our spirit. That's coming from that desire that says, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to do exactly what you said do. Principle number four, this principle of faith. This is key because we must trust God in all situations. I want you to write that down. We must trust God in all situations. Sometimes we just simply don't trust God like we should because this principle of faith is still lacking, is not at work like it should be. But I want you to know today that you can trust God. So watch this. This is a question that I get concerning this most of the time. They'll ask me, they'll say, Pastor, is trusting God in every situation possible? Is it possible to really trust God in every situation? Here's my answer. I'll say to them, is doubting God in every situation possible? So if doubting God is possible, then trusting God in every situation is possible. You know why? Because I've decided to trust God. See, here we go again with this decision. It's the same way with faith. It's the same way with doubt. You have to make a decision to trust God. You have to make a decision to doubt God. You have to make a decision to lean on him, to yield to him. Everything in life is about a decision. Faith is simply saying, because I'm not putting my faith in things. I'm not putting my faith in people. I'm not putting my faith in systems. My faith needs to be in Christ because that's where I'm looking to. He's the one I'm leaning on. He's the one I'm depending on. So again, if doubting God is possible, then trusting God is possible. And we prove this out every day. So the number one reason we doubt God is because we choose not to believe what he says in his word. So when we read the word of God, we're not reading some magazine. We're not reading some newspaper. We're not reading some fallacy. We're not reading some Aesop fable. We're reading the word of God and God don't lie. So whatever he say about you, you have to tell yourself, I believe that. Whatever he says you can become, you got to say, I believe that. Whatever he says you can do, whatever he has laid up for you that he says is yours already because you have chosen to be victorious, he will then help you walk it out. This principle of faith, he will help you walk it out. Let's look here in John chapter 20. We're going to look here at verse number 25. This is dealing with doubting Thomas, one of the disciples that followed Jesus. Notice what he said. They told him, we have seen the Lord. 
But notice what his reply was. I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands. I got to put my fingers into them and place my hand in the wound of his side. Now, he was a follower of Christ. He was one of the ones that Jesus gave power to. He was hanging around Jesus, yet and still he did not believe. Is that even possible to hang around somebody and never believe they're the son of God? Absolutely. I want you to think about that. He was with Jesus in the flesh. He saw him create miracles. He saw him raise the dead. He was there. I've heard people say, you know what? My faith in God would be stronger had I maybe been one of the disciples and I saw the things that Jesus did. That's a lie because Thomas was there. There were other, Judas was there. Come on, y'all. Just because you are hanging around a person, around them, and you see the things that they are doing, that doesn't automatically mean that you just wholeheartedly trust them. There are people around you today that are doing good, that are doing well, and we are even doubting whether they're walking with God. That should never be. So this whole thing about I needed to be there in the days of Christ and maybe some of the struggles I'm having in my faith, I wouldn't have them now, is simply not true. May I say this to you? Thomas chose to doubt. I know I sound like a, a real talking head here because I keep saying doubting. and But the reality is, or I keep saying choosing, but we're choosing these things. We choose not to believe. I want you to choose to believe. Here's what I want more than anything else. I want you to agree with God and win. Write that down. I will agree with God and win. That's all it takes for you. Many people won't trust God until they have some physical proof. And the word calls that carnality. Don't be carnal. There's a lot of carnal Christians. Yep, there's a lot of carnal Christians. They want proof before they believe. But that's not proof. The real reality in my spirit is that when God says something to me and he shows it to me in my heart, all I got to do is believe it. All I got to do is receive it. Before the actual physical evidence comes, I got evidence in my heart that it's going to be all right. And that's the powerful thing about it. You know it's going to be all right. You got no physical signs. You got no proof. You got no manifestation. But nobody can take away what you know you have seen in your heart. This is what it means when we talk about this principle of faith. Point number five is my last point. This principle of authority. Because we must acknowledge that God is our source and we have his authority through the power of of the Holy Spirit. I want you to repeat these words after me. God is my source. He's the one I depend on. Come on, say it with me. God is my source. He's the one I depend on. In every situation, God is my source. He's the one I depend on. Whether I got a job or not, God is my source and he's the one I depend on. It don't matter who likes me, loves me, hates me. God is my source. And he's the one I depend on. See, this is what we're talking about when we say here this principle of authority. See, I have authority based on the person I'm connected to, based on the person that I'm yielding to. Notice what Matthew chapter 18 verses 18 through 20 says. I love this verse. It's a very, very familiar passage of scripture. It says, verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. 
Verse 19. And again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my father, which is in heaven. Last verse, verse number 20. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. This is a powerful verse. See, we have authority again because who we are connected to. And if you ask, the Bible says, and you touch and agree, you can get it. Isn't that something? But I want you to catch this as well because here's the caveat. We got to know the will of God. The known will of God is in his word. So some things you might be going after, you need to check the record. Check the record and see the record is the word of God. See, once you know it's in God's word, you get happy because you know it's yours. You know you can get it. You know there's a provision for it. You know you got access to it. These are the principles that I want you to remember. And again, because I know some of you listen to my podcast every week, and I hope you're growing in this podcast. And if you say, I'm listening to Pastor Deloach, and I hear what he's saying, but it's difficult sometimes to really see these things manifest in my life. I'm going to ask you this question that we talked about at the beginning of the show. Are you truly born again? Because if you are, you should be overcoming the world. You should be succeeding. You should be overpowering. You should be overwhelming the world with this Christ that you have on the inside of you. So we have to practice what we preach. So I want you to go back over these five principles that I gave you because I want to tell you, you are victorious. But watch this. I want you to start experiencing victory every day of your life. And the Lord said you could. He said, you can. I made it available to you. Whatever God has made available to you, go for it, man. Don't stay in the boat. Remember my quote, I can't fellowship with average. Everybody around me average. Everybody doing average things. But can I tell you something? When I'm praying and God has given me a dream that's bigger than me, those are the dreams that God says I want to make happen for you. See, stuff that you know you can do on your level that don't require prayer, that don't require faith, that don't require you stepping out of the boat, that is not a dream or ministry or reality that God is involved in because God does big things. And he wants to do big things through you. And so when you start out in your walk with Christ, and I don't care where you are in your walk with God, I want you to know you are victorious. Well, that's all that I wanted to share with you today. I pray this blessed you. If it did, please send me an email at info at thomasadeloach.com. Do it today. I read those emails and we'll respond back to you. Go to my website. If you're my first time listener, God bless you. Thank you for connecting with me. I pray that you will connect again. Go to that website at thomasadeloach.com. Read a little bit about my advocacy, who I am. Let's make a connection, man, because I want to see you win on a day-to-day basis. Let's do it together. So check me out. I'm praying for you. I'm believing God's best for you. Know that I want to see you do some amazing things. And remember, until next time, to be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show, To Empower You. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com. And follow me on Instagram at thomasadeloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. 
And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.